You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton. And before we get into the episode, please make sure you've headed over to NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Facebook group, and you've requested to join that if you are a gym owner. If you are uh, not ready to join that group and you just want to like our page, you can do that on Facebook, Next Generation Gym Owners. We put out content there as well. And lastly, head on over to nextgenowners.com. Make sure you're subscribed to our blog. And lastly, make sure you are registered to come to conference, whether you're an owner, a manager, a coach. Our conference in Las Vegas, January 7th and 8th, is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, You're going to get to meet amazing gym owners, other amazing coaches. We have tons of phenomenal content. We've got coaches tracks, managers tracks, owners tracks, so much good stuff. You are not going to want to miss it. So make sure you get registered for our uh, conference. I've got the link in the uh, show description. So you can click that link and get registered, buy your ticket and get your plane tickets right now while they're still cheap. All right, everyone. Today's episode is going to be a real one. I'm just going to talk to you kind of from the heart. I've I've got some notes, but it was just something that I was I was feeling and it's kind of something that I'm experiencing right now and I think that some of you might be able to identify with it. And uh the the title of this show is Yesterday I Felt Like Quitting and Why I'm Not Going To. And what that is is so yesterday was Sunday and Sunday both of my teams practice uh, in fact, all of our teams in the gym practice on Sundays, all of our elite teams. And yesterday I went in, I was super excited. It was daylight savings time. I'd gotten a bunch of rest. I was feeling ready to go. And I started out with my world's team and they did okay. They actually had an, an all right practice, but I do all of the choreography for my routines. Uh, and Uh, this year they're doing a theme and there are elements in the routine that I just love. I think I, I did a really good job. And then there are some other sections where I just don't feel like I did very well. And, uh, I, I don't like it. There are some clunky points, some dead spots, and they're kind of the same dead spots we had in our routine last year. And it, the routine kind of feels similar to last year's routine, which didn't score super well. And so I'm I was feeling really frustrated about that and kind of like I was I was failing. I was messing up and not delivering on what I needed to deliver on uh, with the choreography, with the flow of the routine, with the design of it. And I really need to address those dead spots. Uh, but at the same time, factoring in that we have our showcase in two weeks, uh, our first event in really three weeks, uh, not very many practices, and we need to start hitting too. So like, how much do I drill the dead spots in the routine and how much do I focus on being able to actually hit uh, stunts and score within range and, and do the things we needed to do? And so I left that practice optimistic about their ability to get to where I needed them to get, uh, but not overly enthused with what was happening. And then uh, I went right into my level four teams practice. And for those of you who've listened to the podcast before, uh, my level four team is, I mean, they're both a passion of mine, but I'm more mentally okay with the fact that 
my world's team is a work in progress every year because I don't have a plethora of athletes at the moment. Like I knew this was going to be a building year for my world's team. Uh, it's not like the years where we were large co-ed and we had tons and tons of kids in the world's program. Uh, we kind of gradually graduated people out and we didn't really have new people up and ready in like large numbers. And so we've kind of been rebuilding and I'm really optimistic about the future. This team is really young, but I know that like, even though we're going to compete limited this year, you know, placing in the top, the top five is possible in the limited division. But if we were in a standard division, you know, winning is not really super likely for them uh, just because we're not one of those top dogs. Uh, but in our medium senior four, you know, we've placed as high as second at D2 Summit. We've come close to winning NCA. We've won cheer sport. So like this team historically has been really, really good and has had the ability to be competitive for that top spot. So I feel a different pressure to deliver and have that team be something that people aspire to be on and be a part of. And so we headed into that practice and this year I've been I've really been second guessing myself again. Uh, you know, the score sheet changed and I chose to take 30 athletes on the team and getting teamless and seeing that the majority of teams in my division and D2 all went with 23, which is one more than you need to be medium, which means they have to do much less stunting wise and tumbling wise than we do at 30. And we are not quite there right now. Like the tumbling skills that I thought we were going to be able to perform and we choreographed into the routine, they're just not super consistent. And the stunting skills and the groups that we're in have not been super consistent on top of the fact that we have literally been the walking wounded. I have had someone injured or out more than I've had full team practices. Like I've probably had, I would say eight full team practices. And that's probably being generous counting choreography days, eight full team practices since we came back from summer break and we had no team prep full team practices during summer break. So like I just haven't had the bodies and I haven't had the reps. And of course the groups that are the weakest to begin with are the groups where people are always injured or missing the most. And it's just created this kind of consistent problem where we're not able to, all of our groups are not able to hit their elite sequence. Our tumbling is not being executed correctly. Um, we're not going to be most likely maxing out our running tumbling score. Uh, people are touching down on tumbling. Like they're just not gelling and as ready as I want them to be. And on top of that, adding on the pressure of there are gyms, uh, even from our area that were showcasing yesterday. And I don't necessarily know how they did, uh, you know, social media says they did well, which I imagine they probably did. They're talented programs and, you know, chair athletics is showcasing yesterday. And one of our biggest competitors, who's a good friend of mine, um, I absolutely love her and adore her and they've won our division multiple times. And now they're, they were out of our division last year. And now they're back in our division and I, I love her. They competed last weekend and grand champ to their event. So the same time that we're, we're at practice struggle bussing, they're competing and hitting and grand champing. And so I'm feeling all of this external pressure uh, to be successful and wanting to will it to happen. And I'm less patient than I am with my world's team. And so I'm sitting here going, this is my fault, right? Like I'm messing up. I didn't choreograph the routine right. I haven't coached them right. Like this is on me. 
And this is also coming at a time when I'm super busy at work and I wasn't at practice this last week, which I have a wonderful co-coach and I fully trust uh, my, my coaches that I coach with, but it's hard when you're not there. And so it's just, it adds to that feeling of like, I'm messing up. I'm, I'm not setting my team up for success and this is my fault. And it leaves you with that feeling of like, I should just quit. I should just give up. Like, it's clearly me. I'm clearly the problem because I mean, we had a rough season last year and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but like, this is like, I'm a common denominator here as the coach and maybe I should just give up or maybe I should cut a bunch of kids and make this easier for, to hit. And I've even looked at those numbers and been like, well, I don't know how to do that. Like I can, I know of maybe a couple kids I can cut, but not three, not four, not six, and then still be able to be successful. And then I've got to rework the whole routine and then like all, all sorts of other complexities. And so then I was left with this, like I literally didn't sleep very well last night. I was watching the routine. I was making notes. I was doing all these things to, and stressing and, and feeling like having that sensation of wanting to give up. And what this is really about is why I didn't give up. And so I have kind of four reasons that I am not going to give up and why I won't quit. Um, and you may have your own, but these are mine. So number one is that everyone has moments where they doubt themselves or almost everyone. It's normal. It's okay to have self doubt. And allowing yourself to have those moments of self-doubt and say, this is okay, this is normal, there's nothing wrong with you for feeling this way is an important step in the process. Number two is the thought of, if I give up, then what message does that send to the athletes? If I just quit, if I just say, you know what, I'm not good enough, I quit, Um, I'm going to let someone else take over. And then really, who's the next person up? Like, who is... If I really look at it now, I have my co-coach and again, she's wonderful. Um, and I have my assistant coach and he's awesome too, but like, are they truly ready for that? Are they ready to be the next person up and coach like my co-coach this is her first year really assisting on a world's team. So is she ready for that? Is she ready for me to just give up? And then what is message does that send to them? Like what, what does it send to the athletes? Am I really, you know, who's next? Number three is easy is boring in life. And number four is my self-doubt is a manifestation of my own insecurity and not what is rooted in fact. So when I talk about that, everyone has moments where they doubt themselves or, or most everyone, in my opinion, you have to be kind of a psychopath to have no self-doubt to just literally think you are so great that you can never do anything wrong. Otherwise, most normal human beings have moments where they doubt themselves, where they wonder, am I good enough? I've talked about it with imposter syndrome before as a business owner. And maybe you feel this way as a business owner. I'm just talking about my feeling as a coach right now, uh, because that is a big part of my identity as a business owner. And I think my next episode is going to be how being a great coach can make it hard for you to be a great owner, um, because I think that is a relevant conversation. But self-doubt is normal. It's it's okay to have that and to recognize that what you're going through is not abnormal is an important step. I need to give myself permission to have that feeling and then move on from it, to realize that it's going to happen, to realize I'm going to have my moments where 
I doubt myself and I question myself and I wonder if I'm really on the right path and move forward intelligently. And for me, what I have to resist is to allow that, the, the feeling of allowing that doubt to make me make decisions that are potentially the wrong decision. So for instance, last night, I started making some changes to the routine or looking at making changes to the routine because it wasn't working. And what I'm really doing in those moments is looking for a quick fix. Now, one of them was a smart change. We made a change in running tumbling and we we kind of made the strategy of, you know what, these are not happening and we've been we've given it enough time that we need to have something that they can do and execute successfully and feel successful. And if we have to sacrifice point one in difficulty, what we're going to make up in execution is worth it. On the other side, when I'm just trying to make things just generally easier and then it's messing up everything before and after, is that really going to help the problem? Or should I just spend, have spent the 30 minutes that I spent looking at making these changes, drilling what wasn't working? Because really what they need is better coaching us to be more engaged and progress them back to it. Like I, even in the back of my mind, I have that like smart coach who's not being emotional, who's like yelling and screaming and beating against the, bla- the glass in my brain going, stop doing this, train them, teach them, coach them through it, go through your progressions. And like, I need to fix it now. Me is like, no, shush. And not listening to them. And that's that doubt side of me. Uh, I'm allowing that doubt to win. So by just acknowledging that I have the doubt and then moving on from it, I actually am going to progress past that faster. Number two is that if I give up, what message does that send and who is next up? So for your athletes, like if you give up and, and even with making changes in the routine, right? Like if I give up on something, what message does that send? That sends you're not good enough to do this. And it starts to just erode their confidence in themselves. Now, again, the one on tumbling, I think it makes sense. And it, it was very clear of this is a temporary stopgap. We're going to continue to train the thing we need to train. It's kind of watering down rather than making a big change. As opposed to, oh, we're changing the stunt that we're doing because you just can't do it. There are times to do it, but what message does it send? And then additionally, if I just quit, if I truly give up and I say, it's not me. I can't do it anymore. What message does that send to my athletes? It says, well, quitting is okay. And one of our core values in our gym is literally never quit. That is one of the core values. Things get hard. Quitting is never an option. So I can't quit. I can't send that message. And then on top of that, who's the next person up? If I really give up, is at the end of the day, I have to say, is anyone going to care as much as I am? Maybe. But I don't know. I mean, my co-coach does care pretty equally, but now that's only one person carrying that same amount. So like, isn't it better to have two people that invested? So who's going to come up and replace me and care as much as someone who built this team and built this program and built this world's team? No one, really. So who is next up and are they better? And maybe there is someone better. Maybe there's a time to transition out. For me, that's not now because there isn't someone. There isn't a next person up who's ready and willing and capable and going to care as much and work as hard and be as committed. So I have to go through that rationale of like, sometimes there's no one else. You know, I used to have a a, a coworker, uh, he's now retired, who used to always say when I was young in my career uh, as a police officer, he would say, 
Uh, boys, this is one of those moments where you have to think, what would John Wayne do? And he'd do that kind of dramatic pause and he'd say, nothing. John Wayne's dead. It's up to you. Right? There is no one else. It's up to me. Right? There's no John Wayne to come in and solve the problem. So I've got to be my John Wayne. I've got to be the hero of my story, which takes me to the easy is boring. Right? No good story is full of just easy roads. Things that are worth doing are hard and take time to get there. And if it is easy, it's not super exciting. And on top of that, like everyone has their own progression to a season. Just because someone does great in their first event doesn't mean they're going to be great all year. Just because someone has an amazing showcase doesn't mean they're going to be great all year. At the same time, just because someone has a bad showcase or a bad first event doesn't mean they're going to be the greatest of all time all season long. I've coached teams that have had horrible first events and had amazing end of season events. My world's team is a perfect example because they're rarely ready in December. But by the time we get to worlds, we're starting to become dominant and be able to hit our routine consistently. And we've actually been really, really good going to worlds. I mean, knock on wood that they have, I've had hit zero routines every year at worlds. I think for the last four years, I've had his hit zero routines to include last year. We were one of three teams in our division to hit in prelims. And that's something I'm very proud of. Now, concurrently, my level four team hasn't historically been as successful hitting. They've hit one day, but not both days. And that's shot us in the foot multiple times. So easy is boring. Things that are worth doing are hard to do. And I have to continue to remind myself of that and just say, just because it's not happening right now when I want it to happen, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But the only way it's going to happen is if I persevere through this moment, if I coach the athletes through this moment, if I help them find the way to do it. I told this, my level four team, this is going to be the hardest routine you've ever done in your life. Well, if it's the hardest routine they've ever done in their life, then it's not going to happen easily. And it's, it's a really hard routine. And we've historically acquiesced and made concessions and watered things down. And we kind of just went in the season saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to like, we're going to go full send, especially in our stunts. We've always come up with creative ideas and then backed off of them. And I, we need to not do that. And lastly is that my self doubt is a manifestation of my own insecurity and not what is rooted in fact. And so I, I talked to a, a counselor and I ha, I'm a person of faith and so he is a is a faith-based counselor. And one of the things he talks about is whenever we're whenever I'm having those moments, right? Whenever I'm talking about my things that I'm weak in, he says, "Okay, but is is that what God thinks of you?" And for me as a believer, I know that's not. Right? But I can take that away. I can take the religion out of it and I can say, "All right, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm failing these athletes as a coach." Is that what the athletes think of me? I don't think so. I don't think they think I'm failing them as a coach. I think they feel like they're failing me as an athlete because I'm always on their case and they may have moments where they don't know how to fix the problem. And I'm just mad at them and saying, okay, let's do it again. And I'm giving them one little critique, but they don't understand how to apply that critique. But that self doubt, that moment of being like, well, I'm the problem is not necessarily rooted in fact. I may be a part of the problem, but I'm not the only part of that formula. 
And so I have to remind myself of that and say, just as much as I can be a part of the problem, I can absolutely be the solution because there's no bad teams. There's only bad leaders. And I have to remind myself of that in those moments of weakness, in those moments of self-doubt, I have to look myself in the mirror and I have to say, suck it up, get better, do better for these athletes that you care so much about. Because if you do care, you owe it to them and you owe it to yourself to do more. And I cannot allow my own insecurities to take away from these kids, to take away from this team and take away from my goals. And if I do, I am quitting and I'm allowing those insecurities to win. And that's never going to be successful long-term. If you're like me, if the season is hard, then the one thing I want to encourage you to do is make a plan. So this is one of the things I've gone into after this last practice because I haven't really, we've, we've got a rough practice plan instead of a detailed plan. And we haven't had detailed plans of how to fix all of our little issues. And so now after I went through and I watched video again, I'm like making a detailed like day by day plan. This is how we're going to get to a zero deduction routine at our showcase and a zero deduction routine at our first event. And I'm, I'm backwards planning. I know when those things are. And so I'm making sure... I'm checking those boxes and I'm creating that plan and I'm following that plan diligently and aggressively because discipline and a plan and direction will guide you out of those dark moments. It will give you purpose because otherwise you are just going to be wandering in the dark. You're going to be grasping at straws and you're going to be wondering, is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? And you're going to try and make it up in the moment when you're feeling emotional. Making a plan when you're still fired up, but you're making it more dispassionately of this is how I can break this down, right? I have a couple stunts that are a little bit rough. Well, I need to go back and go back a couple steps and train those elements of it to get them doing it correctly so then we can progress and not just work on your stunt, which has been some of the things that we've been doing. Now, partially it's been because we've had to teach someone new how to do it. We've had to sub people in like every other practice. So being able to say, this is how you do it correctly and train it correctly and backward step is going to set them up for success. So make that plan and follow that plan. You're smart enough and you're capable of doing it. The reality of this whole situation and part of this self-doubt and part of this wanting to quit is this is carryover from last season. So I ended the year getting my teeth kicked in competitively. And because I do not have that redemption yet, I'm now doubting myself and then some. I'm second guessing and I'm fearing because I feel like last year was my fault. Last year I made mistakes that hurt my team and didn't set them up for success. I've talked about it in other episodes. My level four team, I literally changed their routine every single event to include between day one and day two. We would make tweaks based off the score sheet instead of just doing better. Now, there was a point in time where I needed to re-choreograph the routine. It was necessary um, to take it to the level we needed to, but I'm allowing that past experience to dictate my state of mind this year. And I can't do that. I can't allow myself to be corrupted in that manner. So what's next? I'm going to put my email in the show description. And if you are 
in this space right now, if you're here mentally and emotionally, or you've been here, send me an email. Let me know how you're feeling, how you're doing, or how it was you got through this same feeling, right? Let's let's start a dialogue between the two of us. And if you need help right now, like let me help you through it. I can email with you. I can talk with you. I can try and support you through this moment because I can share my strength with you. If we're friends on Facebook, then shoot me a Facebook message. I'm happy to talk to you via Facebook Messenger as well. But let me be here to support you because going through these doubts alone is 10 times harder than if you have someone who is there to have your back and tell you it's going to be okay, help you come up with that plan, help you move forward and become a better version of yourself. And if these doubts are not about you as a coach, I've had these doubts as a business owner. I absolutely have. If yours is about being a business owner or things that are going on in your business, reach out. I'm here for you. I want to support you through this. All right? Let me know how I can help you. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. We're going to have another great episode for you on Saturday. I think I'm going to talk about how being a great coach can uh, make it hard to be a great owner. Um, That'll probably be our Saturday episode. Make sure you check that one out. Uh, And if you loved this episode, share it with someone who may be in the same place as you. Even if they're not a business owner and they're a coach, share this with your coaches. Let them hear another coach talk about this stuff. If you're looking for another great cheer podcast, check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with my friend Jason Larkins. He runs an amazing podcast. He talks to a bunch of phenomenal people in the cheerleading world who can give you inspiration uh, for how to coach better or how to be a better gym manager. He talks about current events in cheerleading. It's awesome stuff. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you've subscribed to this podcast and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.